0: 855-616-1620. Once again, 855-616-1620. Old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. Brewers Weekly, Dom Catronio here. Winter Meetings next week. Everybody meets everybody, and you pay way too much for a Jack and Coke in the hotel lobby, and you're having conversation with folks, and then you see somebody more important walk by and say, sorry, excuse me, i got to go talk to that person. That's the Winter Meetings. I've been a few times. They're they're fine. Uh, I'm not going this year. It's Nashville. Nashville's not my kind of town. I'm just not really a Nashville guy. But uh, I'm excited to hear about what's going on. I got three things that the Brewers need to figure out heading into the winter meetings. And this is where you know, aside from the business side, like you know, you'll have the draft lottery take place. You'll have the minor league and the major league Rule Five draft take place. You'll have Rules committees and executives and media committees, and a a bunch of actual stuff that's important to the sport. You also have GMs together in a confined space and texts and calls. And, like, hey, you want to do this guy? You want to do this guy? You want to, how about this for this? And you'll have action happen. All right. So, my three things to check off for the Brewers to figure out coming up in Nashville next week Number one, what's going on in the corners? Are they going to trade for somebody? which I imagine has to be the case at this point at first base because the depth chart at first base as of now is Owen Miller, Jake Bowers, TBD. I I just don't see the Brewers rolling into spring training without a bona fide first baseman. You know, a true primary first baseman. So that's prior to number one, specifically first base. Now, Tyler Black is on the 40-man roster. I don't know if for certain he's going to make the team out of camp, but as I explained a moment ago, like there's there's reason to, there's certainly reason to. Number two to figure out: can you sign a backup catcher, or is Jefferson Caro going to be your guy? Jefferson Caro also added to the forty man roster with Tyler Black to avoid the Rule Five Draft. Now Caro has been regarded. Some of these remember he played most of the year with Jackson Churio down in Biloxi. Caro has been regarded as maybe the best defensive catcher in the minor leagues. In fact, he got the gold glove this year in Double A Biloxi for catchers. A one-two punch of William Contreras and Jefferson Caro certainly makes things interesting defensively for the Brewers. Now, you would then maybe move William Contreras to DH more often if you want Caro to start getting a little more of the lion's share of, of catching, but then that impacts if is going to make the team and all this stuff. I don't think... I I don't see a reason for William Contreras to not catch less than 110 games next season. I mean, he's still going to play like 140, 150, the rest of them being the DH, of course. So I I wonder how aggressive they're going to be. I I could see them signing an experienced backup catcher. And, And the name that just popped into my head was Austin Hedges. And I know Austin doesn't have a lot of offense to the table, but he's a really good pitch framer. He thinks of the world of Pat Murphy. Heard an interview with him on Sirius XM that was very complimentary of Pat Murphy. And I don't know. It's just a name that I threw out there. I think Austin Hedges would be a good fit to make sure that Caro is ready. Because Caro had a few injuries last season. They probably want to get him a little bit of seasoning in AAA before he comes up to the big league. So I could see that certainly happening. The Brewers need to sign a backup catcher. And then finally, number three for the Brewers. Listen to Corbin Burns. Listen to what... What teams have to say about Corbin? You may or may not have seen the headline. I don't even call it a headline because this isn't breaking news if you've been following the team all year long. That Corbin Burns appeared on Foul Territory, the YouTube streaming of Scott Braun, uh, Eric Kratz, AJ Prezinski They do a good job. They're independent of, you know, MLB Network and owners and they're in their own little ecosystem. But Corbin appeared on the show and it's like, yeah, we, we haven't really talked about extensions or anything like that. But yeah, that, that's true, and he laid out very good reasoning. Well, in 2021, they wanted to make sure it wasn't a one-off, accurate, make sure that, that Cy Young season wasn't a one-off. Maybe that would have been the time to do it, but you're putting, again, a lot of trust in that this isn't just a one-year thing. Then in 2022, when he backed it up, it's like, all right, well, now it's too late. They're probably not going to get things meet eye-to-eye. And also, he made it clear he understands where the Brewers' perspective. They, they don't want to insult me with a low-ball offer, and that may that sound comical, To you because, well, what happened with last year's arbitration? That's the business of baseball showing its ugly face. I think all parties have moved on from that, and we're all good from there. But you got to listen on Corbin. What I anticipate happening in the national baseball perspective is Otani's going to sign next week, and that's going to open the floodgates. Okay, The Mets just signed Luis Severino, free agent from the Yankees, now going over to the Mets, going over to Queens. So there's another pitcher off the board. Of course, the Cardinals signed Sonny Gray, Lance Lynn, and Kyle Gibson. So there's a few other pitchers off the board. Now, Sonny Gray is a good top-of-the-line starter, second in the American League Cy Young. I think that's a great fit for St. Louis. But Blake Snell hasn't signed yet. I think teams are waiting. You know, uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto coming over from Japan. There's another lefty coming over from Japan whose name escapes me right now. Uh, Shota, right, Uh they're all, they're all blending to me right now. And there's another Korean pitcher that's really good. There's, it's a really good international year. But once Shohei signs, the floodgates are going to open. And by that, as teams start going nuts, all right, Otani's gone and Yamamoto's gone and now Snell's gone. And this, all these teams are like, oh no, we don't have a frontline guy. That's when you're going to start hearing calls about Corbin Burns. I think the Brewers are going to hang on to Corbin and use the time to their advantage because they have every reason not to trade him. They lost Woodruff. You know, as of now, the rotation goes Burns, Peralta, Hauser, Ray, and then we're assuming Gasser. I'm assuming Ashby is probably going to be in the bullpen, given all of his health. Imanaga, that's it. Thank you, Shota. See, I was right. Um, Thank you, Tommy Wertz. So you got to listen to court. You got to at least listen, okay, because if Sonny Gray's getting 25 mil a year, in his age 34 season, you should be getting a pretty good return for one year of Corbin Burns, in my opinion. Uh, before we take up a quick breather, I want to get to the phone lines. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. George in Pewaukee, you're live here on Brewers Weekly.
1: Hey, Don. Thanks for taking my call. I'm driving home from Crandon, Wisconsin, so thanks for keeping me company. Um, as I'm driving, I just thought of one thing, and I actually thought of it at the end of the season. What about is it, is it possible for Christian Yelich to transfer to first base with all of our outfielders? And um,
0: I'll listen to your call, your yeah. answer. Yeah, thanks for the call, George. I've seen that on social media a few times. The more and more I've thought about it, I, it makes sense one day. It really does. And Bryce Harper doing it while recovering from Tommy John surgery certainly made it look easier than it actually is. Uh, I am always, Kurt Hogan, and I joke about this all the time, the, the Ron Washington clip from Moneyball when they're trying to teach and convince Scott Hatterberg to play first base, like, oh, it's incredibly easy. Tell him, ah, it's incredibly hard. Like, first base isn't easy, you know? Now, Yelich doesn't really have a great arm. He's still an athlete. He can still run. But I can still see that down the road one day, and I think it would be Yelich's call. I don't think the Brewers are going to go to their franchise player to say, hey, we want you to play first base. Or maybe it'll be, you know, like, hey, what do you think about first base one day kind of thing. I think that's how it'll it'll go for him. Um, I don't think it's going to happen this year, but I have seen that sentiment, George. I appreciate the call. I, I just, I don't see the urgency yet. Because again, even if they do sign Trurio, I bet they would create some room. Meaning, one of those outfielders is available, right? Weimer, Mitchell, Frelick, something like that, to make room for Trurio. So, see how that rolls for them. Uh, I want to talk a little Hall of Fame coming up next. Hall of Fame coming up also. uh, You got the contemporary, or excuse me, the, uh, yeah, the contemporary era ballot coming up next week during the winter meetings as well. Stay with us here on WTMJ. All right, let's talk a little Hall of Fame. The uh, vote won't be revealed until January for the main ballot. You know, that's the, the player ballot, but there's also the contemporary era ballot. Contemporary era is basically from 1982 to present day. So a lot more familiar names on this eight-person ballot that are it's a special committee to be voted on. 16 members. You still need 75% of that vote as well. It's very hard to break through on this one. But uh, let me give you the names on that ballot here real quick before we get into the main ballot. Uh, The games, I mean, Jim Leland, Davy Johnson, Lou Piniella. Ed Montague, Joe West. I mean, they're familiar names. Hank Peters, Baltimore back in the day. Uh, my vote, if I had... Bill White's, is on here, too. If if I had a vote, I would go Jim Leland. You're, you're only allowed to vote three people, maximum. You still need 75%. I would vote Jim Leland, Lou Piniella, and Hank Peters, personally. That's what I would do. But uh, Fangraphs has phenomenal write-ups, On these, I would encourage you to read up on that. Fangraphs.com. They write up on every single uh, member of this ballot and why they should or should not be considered or what they think is going to happen. Very, very deep, thorough stuff there. So I I implore you to go check that out. So that's going to happen during the winter meetings next week. We're going to find out the first two or three members of the Hall of Fame class of 2024. As for the players... You may have seen a few first-timers that are probably no-doubters. Uh, for me, Adrian Beltre, slam dunk, no doubt, first ballot Hall of Fame. One of the best third basemen I've ever seen live. Incredible. Uh, my ballot, if I had one, which I don't, would go like this. I would put Adrian Beltre, as I mentioned. I'm still voting for Andrew Jones. I know the back half of his career wasn't as pretty as the first half. But He's the best ever at his position. Yeah. Ten gold gloves, as Tommy just flashed up at me. He's the best center fielder ever. He needs to be in the Hall of Fame. And look at the numbers. The black ink is there. He's a pretty good player, man. I think he should be in, Especially with Scott Rowland in now, too. Uh, Another guy that I put on my ballot that maybe some folks are disputing. I got Francisco Rodriguez. Shout out to the Brewers. I got K-Rod. I mean... Has it taken this long for a reason? Absolutely, I understand. I also put Billy Wagner. We need to put more closers in the Hall of Fame, okay? It's a different era. We need to recognize those guys that made it clear you can't have one guy pitch the ninth inning and be really darn good at it. And finally, I got one more first ballot guy. I got Joe Maurer. Joe Maurer's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't understand why there's discourse to think that he's not. He is. Why is he getting penalized... For continuing to catch when Buster Posey hung it up early, you look at the first seven years of both of their careers; they're identical, identical. And if Buster Posey's a slam dunk first ballot Hall of Famer, I understand he won three World Series. Joe Mauer got three batting titles as the catcher. He can't help the rest of his offense stinks. He played at the Metrodome, for goodness sake. Joe Mauer's a first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion. I really hope he gets in as a first ballot. Hall of Famer so that player vote that closes I believe in a couple of weeks but then the actual uh, ceremony of who got in won't be until January so a little bit later on into the cold of winter but that's just my two cents we'll have more talk about it leading up to it but you'll hear about the contemporary era ballot again go to fangraphs.com to read up about that ballot uh, next week at the winter meetings uh, I've got a little bit of content on the way. I will explain in just a moment, looking back on the 2023 season. Stay with us, WTMJ.
1: This one's for you. Baby, my got
0: another 10 minutes or so left in the show, teasing some content. A couple of things. Mention that we're going to have a column on the winter meetings and my thoughts and things of that coming up here on WTMJ, uh, heading into next week's winter meetings. Also going to... Working on another side piece I don't want to quite reveal yet. But one thing I'm definitely doing is the games of the year. I did this when I was back on Locked on Brewers. I want to do it again this year. This year I'm doing the top 10 games of the year. I'm going to make one big episode coming up in December. I listed in my notes here 23 games for the top 10 games. Like, wait a minute. that's That's not how math works. So I want to play a few that this is my call. If you want to get mad, get mad. Whatever. But in my opinion, I have got games that are better than these highlights, and I'm going to play for you here. So these are the cutting room floor. These are the honorable mention highlights from the games of the year. Yelich to left,
1: deep, warning track. Get up, get up, get out of here and gone for Christian Yelich. Yelich, with his second home run of the game, has tied it up. He went the other way that time, and it got out of here.
0: That was back on May 13th against the Royals. Yelly had two homers. They went on a walk-off from Joey Weimer. Put it on the cutting room floor. It's an honorable mention. How about June 29th? What happened that day?
1: And Williams coming back. Struck him out, swinging with a changeup, and the ball game is over. 3 to the final score, and the Brewers have taken 3 of 4 from the Mets.
0: That was a big turning point. June ending on a high note, getting 3 out of 4 in Queens. That was Adrian Hauser outdueling Max Scherzer, also an honorable mention. Now we go to the really fun stretch into and out of the All-Star break against the Reds. Remember, back-to-back series against those guys, and three consecutive shutouts. Definitely
1: the pitch. He struck him out swinging. And this one is over. And the Brewers take the series. Out
0: swinging. Ah, play it. Come on. Let's get it right. Here we go. Now how about after the All-Star break? One-two pitch.
1: Swinging and a miss. He struck him out. Went back to the cutter and strikes out India. A Baker's dozen tonight for Burns. In the Queen City of Ohio.
0: Back-to-back one nothing victories on both sides of the all-star break. And then just for good measure, how about one more one day later?
1: First pitch to De La Cruz is a ground ball left side. Glove by Monasterio. Spins. Throws to first in time. And the Brewers shut out the Reds for the third consecutive game.
0: Lane Grindle's call there. Again, it's an honorable mention for my games of the year. Incredible stuff, but it's on the cutting room floor kind of tough to put all three of those together though too uh a little bit later on uh, in fact less than a week later on the road still in philadelphia and corbin burns on the mound again the two-two pitch swing
1: and a miss he struck him out slider down and away bohm strikes out uribe with three strikeouts in his scoreless ninth and the brewers
0: shut out the phillies that was Corbin going eight shutout and Uribe getting the final three outs via K, winning the series against the Phillies. Also on the cutting room floor. I'll fast forward to August 18th in Texas. Set the scene. Brewers just got swept by the Dodgers. Had a long travel date. It didn't arrive in Arlington until about 5 a.m. Brutal. And they come out swinging that night in Arlington.
1: 2-2. Santana hits one in the air. Deep right. Garcia back at the track. Gone! Carlos Santana, a three-run shot, his 17th of the season, and the Brewers back on top.
0: That was a wild game. It would end up 9-8. The Brewers would win. They would end up sweeping the eventual World Series champions in their ballpark, too. That was really, really fun. couple more here. These are all on the cutting room floor. That means I've got 10 better games than all of these games, and I, I believe it. I really do. How about uh, right after clinching uh, a uh, playoff spot or... Getting a playoff spot, clinching at worst, a wild card. The Brewers celebrating in a big way in Miami. 2-0 pitch.
1: High fly ball, deep left field. De La Cruz retreating back to the track. Gone! Christian Yelich! A two-run shot! It's a dozen in Miami! In the top of the second for the Brewers! Yeah,
0: the 12-run second in Miami, that is also... On the cutting room floor for games of the year. Now, I'm gonna have all this ready to go coming up a little bit later, closer to the holidays. It's meant to be a longer episode for your holiday travel. So, uh, I'm really excited to get that top ten all together for you. It won't be like live here on the show, but we'll have little, you know, little packet of it to uh, air throughout December. So, that'll be a standalone podcast episode for you. That's all coming up next month. Take our last break, come back, say goodbye, an upcoming schedule look as well, right here on WTMJ. Uh. Oh, baby. Reminder, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast, Brewers All Access, here on 620 WTMJ, to make sure all these land in your inbox as soon as we are done live on the air. So, quick note about next week as well. We'll be back on Thursday as of now, next week. Now, it all depends on the Bucks, though. So, the Bucks, the in-season tournament next week, they will be playing on Tuesday night against the Knicks. And if they win that game and play in Vegas, then we're not doing a Brewers Weekly next Thursday. But we'll have one taped for your podcast feed, which is why I tell you to subscribe to the podcast feed. Then we'll be back to normal on the 14th as well. Uh, then it's the holidays. So it's it's kind of wild how quickly it has approached us here. The Brewers we will see what happens at the winter meetings. I think it's going to be very, very active a lot to talk about from a baseball perspective. I was just telling some friends, like, it's going to pop off next week. Everything should start going next week. And Shohei Otani is the first domino to fall. What if he comes to Milwaukee? Just kidding. It's not going to happen. But that'd be cool. Anyway, that's going to do it for me here tonight. My thanks to Tommy Wirtz, our producer. I'm Dom Catronio. Until next time, keep on swinging.